Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. I want to share an interesting message with you today. So if you would return to the book of Mark, uh, chapter 4, and uh, I've preached from this passage before and mentioned this passage a few times. This is one of my, uh, probably one of my favorite passages uh, in Scripture, um, but I want to take a different uh, look at it today, and actually uh, Heather and I were uh, talking with someone about this passage of Scripture just last week after service at lunch. So uh, in Mark chapter 4, started, I'm going to read verses 3 through 8, and then I'm going to jump over to verse 13. It says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And then verse 13, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the words. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place, God. We thank you for your word, God, and we just ask your blessing now upon this message in our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title for my talk today is uh, Stop Spitting in the Wind. Stop Spitting in the Wind. And uh, with this, uh, this passage of Scripture, I thought about, uh, you could call this message also uh, Plant the Seed. But... Uh, I thought Spitting in the Wind was a little cooler title for one. But also, anytime you start talking about planting a seed, people think you're going to preach on giving, so they get nervous from the very beginning. So uh, they automatically think you're talking about money. Um, now, this, this message could be applied uh, to giving, but this is a message about the importance of the Word of God. And um, we, we, we say that we believe the Word of God, and we... We say that we believe in the power of the Word of God, but do we really do life that way? Do we really live that way? Do we really uh, live that way, or are we just spitting in the wind? Has anybody ever spit, is it spat? Spit, spat in the wind before? I think most of us have. It's not a very pleasant thing. So, but, but what are we doing? And so uh, my goal with this is, one, to try and explain to you this title, uh, what I mean by this title, uh, and two is just really just to give us all some things to, to think about today because this, to me this really is a, a, a very convicting message, uh, it, or it was for me. And uh, thinking about all the things that I'm, I might be spitting in the wind about, all the things I might be falling short at, um, 
when it, when it comes to uh, doing life like I really believe uh, the Word of God and like I'm standing on it. And Jesus, he talked a lot about um, sowing and reaping. He talked a lot about uh, farming and harvest time in his parables. And in this passage that I just read, I believe that he gives us uh, a very, not just one, he gives us many, but he gives us a very important uh, key of the kingdom. Uh, Jesus is talking about a man going out and throwing seed everywhere, all over uh, his field. And then in, uh, he tells us in verse 14 that the sower, what he, the seed that he's sowing is the word. So the seed is the word of God. And what we need to understand, what I've talked about before, is we are the field. Uh, not just sinners, but even us as believers, we're still the field. We should be sowing the word of God uh, in, into our lives. And he even says in verse 26 that the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So we should be applying the word of God to every area of the field of our, of our, of our lives. And so he wasn't telling us to be farmers. He was telling us how the kingdom works. And when you start talking about stuff like that, it can get complicated because there's so many different opinions and so many people argue about different stuff about what the devil's doing and what God's doing and what's the cause of this and what's the cause of that. And all I'm going to say about it is that I believe that there are uh, laws of the kingdom just like there are laws of nature. There are laws in the spiritual just like there's laws in the natural. And, and so just a quick example is just like the law of gravity is keeping me right here in front of you and not floating away. But if I go climb on top of the building and jump off, the law of gravity is going to hurt me. Electricity that we're enjoying in here. But if I go against that law of electricity, something bad's going to happen to me. Uh, a little shock up to death. I'm going to be barbecued by touching the wrong, the wrong wire or something. And so things like that are in, uh, also apply in the spirit. That's why Jesus is trying to give us these keys of the kingdom to be able to, uh, to, to know what these spiritual laws are. There's so many people, they, they get into all this stuff. I can't explain everything about gravity. I can't explain everything about electricity. I can't explain everything when it comes to things of the spirit, but I believe that there are spiritual laws there that when we, if we don't uh, understand the laws of the kingdom, we can either use, they can be uh, followed and used to our advantage, or you can get yourself in a real bad situation uh, be, because of that. But that's, that's a message for another day, so I'm going to leave that alone right there. Um, now, so, so he's given us keys uh, of the kingdom. He's not telling us how to be farmers. And so I do know some farmers uh, my mom's family was farmers. My dad's family, many of them uh, were, were farmers. I guess everybody's family was farmers at one time or another if you go back far enough. But, but out of those farmers that I know, I don't know any of them that would uh, expect or that would uh, talk about expecting to, to have a good harvest or to expect, we're expecting a bumper crop. We're expecting a huge crop this year but they didn't plant any seed. I don't know any of them that would do that. And see, we know in the natural, uh, everything comes from a seed. And so we need to understand that, that I don't care how good a farmer you are, you can't grow anything without a seed. You have to have a seed. But yet we don't understand that when it comes to the spiritual, when it comes to things of, of the kingdom. If a farmer was talking about 
He's just talking about how he's believing for this and he's expecting this great harvest and he's expecting that bumper crop. And you asked him, you said, well, that's amazing. How many acres did you plant this year? How much seed did you put out? Oh, I didn't, I didn't put any out. If you, he was to say, I haven't planted any seed. I've, I've uh, plowed up the field. I've gotten rid of all the weeds. I've sprayed the Roundup or whatever they're spraying on there that's killing us and their corn and everything. I've, I've done all that, but I didn't plant any seed. What would you say to him? You'd say, man, you're crazy. You're not going to get a crop then if you didn't plant any seed. We would tell that farmer, if you think that at harvest time you're going to get a harvest and you haven't planted any seed, I don't care how good your land looks. I don't care how, how much time you're spending making sure everything looks the right way. If you didn't plant any seeds, you might as well be spitting in the wind. It's not, it's not going to happen. We would tell them that. But see, we don't do that in the church. In the church, unfortunately, everybody talks about the harvest, but nobody talks about the seed. And the reason we don't talk about the seed of the word is because we're afraid it might offend somebody. It might hurt somebody's feelings to, to tell them the truth if the truth doesn't line up with the way they like to live. And you, that's why right now we have churches full of people, and they're good people. They haven't planted any seed, but they're good people. And so they're living like the world, and they're expecting kingdom results, and it's never going to happen, but nobody's told them that. You can't live like the world and expect to harvest the kingdom. It's not gonna, it's, that's not the way that it works. See, we have people that, that, that they haven't cracked open the Word of God in weeks, months, some of them years. And then they come in, and this is all spiritually speaking. If we could see in the Spirit, it might scare all of us. But they come in, and they've been spitting in the wind so much, their hair's wet. Their hair's wet, and it's probably dripping down the shoulders for some of them. And... You know what we say in the church instead of saying, wait a minute, like we would to the farmer. Instead, this is what we say in the church. Just keep spitting, honey. It's going to be all right. God loves you. Just keep spitting. Everything's going to work out. Just keep spitting. Yes, God loves us. He loves us. That's why he gave us the seed of the word of God to plant in our lives. So that we could have the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. So that we could reap the miraculous promises that he's given us in that word, in that seed. It all comes from the seed. And I'm not saying this to, to try and hurt anybody's feelings, and I'm not getting on to anybody. I'm saying all this to, to help all of us because I know that I've spent way too much time in my walk with the Lord spitting in the wind instead of standing on the promises of His Word. Instead of spending that time, I, I was spending that time complaining instead of planting that seed and really truly expecting a, a harvest. I talked about what do we believe last week. We've been talking about believing for weeks now I guess but actually really what it should be is what does the word say and now what am I going to believe based on that word that's how important the word of God should be we should be putting the seed over every part of our lives and so I have a, a couple questions for us today um, and uh, I'm not calling anybody out you don't have to get him up come up and, and answer but uh, I'm going to talk about it just the question I'm going to just propose it kind of in reference to healing and um, this could be, it could be about healing, it could be about prosperity, it could be about spiritual gifts, it could be about believing for revival, 
uh, salvation of your loved ones, breakthrough, whatever, whatever miracle that you would be expecting, you could, you could apply it. And so the question it would be first, uh, are, are you trying to believe God for healing in your life? Or whatever other miracle it would be. But see, then the next question is, okay, well, have you taken the scriptures and the seed of God's word concerning that matter and planted them in your heart? And planted them in, in your life? Or are you spending all your time in prayer begging God to heal you and wondering why you're not getting any better? We, well, I, I tried to explain the difference between spiritual gifts and like the spiritual gift of healing versus receiving healing from God's word a few weeks ago. And that's I, I'm all about spiritual gifts, people operating in spiritual gifts. We need more and more of it. But are you receiving the healing that you should be just as being a child of God, applying that, that word to your life? Are you planting the word, knowing that when you plant the seed, it's going to produce a harvest? Or are you constantly running around trying to find somebody else that's anointed enough to pray for you? And then you're wondering why you still aren't getting any results. You're not getting any better. Now, I know these are difficult questions because we've probably all done this. We've all gotten in that prayer line instead of cracking open that word. We've all done it. Most of us have, I, I should say. I shouldn't say all. Heather gets on to me about using those words like all, always, never, things like that. I try to do, try to do a little better. So most of us have done that. And so if I'm asking myself these questions, if I'm being honest, which we've got to be honest with ourselves, we have to start being honest with ourselves if we ever want to improve and do better for the kingdom. I don't like some of the answers that I would have to give in my own life. See, if a farmer that hadn't planted any seed were to ask any one of us, man, I wonder why I'm not reaping a harvest this year we would have no problem giving him the answer. You didn't plant any seed. And depending on how well you know him, you might call him a name after that that, re that refers to him not being very intelligent. You didn't plant any seed. If you want a harvest, you have to plant a seed. It's the same way in the Spirit. It's the same way in our lives as believers. If you want to experience healing, then you need to take the Word of God and meditate on the Scriptures about His healing power and plant that seed in your heart, plant it in your life, and then expect a harvest. Then you have somewhere to put your faith. Because it's not on us. It's always in God and in His Word. We can, we can stand firm in His Word. If we will plant the seed, then we'll get the crop. It's as simple as that. And like I said, I, I'm including myself in all this, but let's take it a step further. If I were to go around... And ask each person in this room today, what miracle are you believing God for in your life or in the life of someone you love and, and, and care about? What are you believing God for? Everybody in here should be believing God for something. If you're not, then there's the first problem. You need to be believing God for something. But I would get all kinds of amazing answers. Everybody in here would have an unbelievable answer. Something they were believing God for. But what if my next question to you, what if I had this microphone in your face right now? And I said, oh, that's what you're believing God for? That is amazing. That sounds great. Now, what scripture are you standing on with that request? How many of us would even be able to answer that second question? How many of us would have, a, most of us, we'd probably say, doesn't, doesn't the Bible say something about that somewhere? Doesn't the Bible mention something about 
you know, by his stripes I was healed and then somewhere else that I, uh, that I am healed and then somewhere else that I was healed. Doesn't the Bible say something about if I give people will, if, if I give people give back, something like that, but I'm giving back. Does it say something like that? Something about breakthrough, something about healing, something about prosperity, something about protection. It's somewhere in there. So you know that verse in the Bible. That's what most of us would answer. If I'm being honest, I don't want to answer it either because I don't know how many things that I've prayed about. And I, didn't, I thought I was acting in faith, but I was actually just spitting in the wind because I hadn't given God's Word its proper place to even take the seed to plant in my life. We talk about the Bible being the answer to all things. We talk about it being the owner's manual for life. You've heard people say that, right? Well, that's probably the problem. Most of us treat it like an owner's manual, and 99% of us never read it until we have a problem. I don't read owner's manuals till something goes wrong. I don't do it. I barely read instructions to put something together unless somebody's watching me. But that's, that's the, the, the way we are. How many of us are we're asking God for things and we have no clue where to even find it in the Word? Probably most of us in here. And then we, we haven't planted any seed, some of us for weeks, months, maybe even years. You're coming to church, you're faithful in your attendance, you may be faithful in your giving and all those different things. You may live a, a great life, not out there committing a bunch of horrible sins, but are you planting the seed? You're expected to produce fruit. You can't produce fruit, fruit without the seed. Are we planting that seed in our, in, our, in our lives or are we just waiting till everything goes wrong and then we just hit the altar saying, I got to have a miracle and I got to have it today. I need it now. That's how most Christians live their lives. They don't even hardly get involved in going after God uh, or getting into the word or any of those things. But when something goes wrong, they're hearing, hey, preacher, I need help and I need it right now. We had this guy. I need to tell the backstory so you understand why I was so blunt with him. I don't know, it's been five or seven years ago we were, uh, when we were in Rayford at Impact, this guy shows up for service. And he comes up to me, and, and they're coming up all the time. It's very difficult trying to figure out who's trying to scam you and who's in need. Uh, this guy, uh, it didn't take long. Your radar would go off real quick that he was scamming, in my opinion. And he gave me this whole, he had a pack, stack of papers like that he was wanting me to read about, and he said he had this kidney problem going on, and he had just had a stent put in his kidney, and he had had this done and that done, some kind of surgery, and that uh, he, he needed money because his, uh, the mother of his children was doing something, and but all this stuff. And I, I, kept, I tried to stop him. I said, well, look, we have a system for this. I need to get your information. If you'll give me your name, I need your phone number, I need you to write down what's going on, and any other information you can give me, I'll present it to the board and we'll, uh, we'll see if the church will be able to help you. I said, the answer could be yes, it could be no. I don't just give out the church's money. We have checks and balances for that. Well, how long is that going to take? I said, a minimum of a week up to two weeks. I don't have two weeks. I need the money now. I need it right now. I need the money today. They're about to kick me out. They're about to do this. They're about to do that. I said, well, I'm not going to be able to give you any money today. We gotta, it's got to go before the board. It's going to take one to two weeks. It, he would not give me his information. I got his first name. That's it. No phone number, no address, no nothing. But he needs money right now from me. And uh, I said, we're not going to be able to do it. I, 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 if you'll fill out this information, I'll be glad to get back with you. 
He says, well, I need the money now. Can you give me some gas money? I said, sure. I gave him $40, I think. And uh, he just leaves. Doesn't, he doesn't even stay for service. And so I guess it was a couple months later, we, we had to set up and tear down. My dad and my mom, we've got everything done. And dad says, hey, y'all go ahead to the restaurant and get a table. I'm going to go. I'll finish locking up and meet you there. And uh, it takes him longer than normal to get there. Well, this guy came back to the church and corners dad uh, and wants money. And so dad said he felt a little uncomfortable not to give him money since we were all gone. It was just him and mom there. So he gave the guy money. Well, a few months after that, we didn't have services on fifth Sundays. We couldn't rent the building on those days. So when there was five Sundays in a month, we would go to other churches. So we went to uh, the Riverhouse Church over there at Cumberland Mills at the old Bible Baptist building. And who do you think shows up? That guy walks in. So he's working from Rayford to Cumberland Mills, going to churches all through Sundays. And uh, I see him corner the pastor, and he's over there, and he's got his stack of papers and his little backpack thing that he had, the same thing he had when he came to our church. And I got my dad. I said, hey, look who's here. So a few more months go by. Now it's been about a year since the first time he came. He shows back up at Impact. And uh, he's there, and I said, uh, he starts the same story. Apparently his kidney was still bothering him. I guess that stent was still in there. I don't know. He starts the same story, and I said, look, I told you before when you're here, give me your information. I'll present all your information to the board. Whatever they want to do, I'll get back with you. I'm not saying we won't help you. I'm just saying we're not going to give you any money today. Well, can you at least give me some gas money? I said, no, I'm not giving you any gas money. What, pastor, you won't even give anybody gas money? I'm down and out. I just need some gas money. I need some money today. I said, I'm not giving you any money. I said, you've already, uh, I said, I gave you money last time you're here. Well, that was a year ago, pastor. I need more gas money. I said, well, I'm not giving you any gas money. And uh, he said, well, can I get a bottle of water? I said, yeah. So he takes the bottle of water. He said, well, at least I can tell everybody when I leave that y'all gave me something. I said, okay. And he starts, when he's going out the door, he starts saying something else. So I go to the door and open the door and I call him by his name. And I said, hey, did you have something else you wanted to say to me? I thought I heard you talking when you were walking out of here. He said, yeah, I'm going to tell everybody about this church and how y'all are. I said, well, if that's what you think you need to do, that's fine. I hope you have a blessed day. Well, so I think we had been here about nine months. Nine months, maybe, maybe, maybe not quite a year. And Jonathan comes up to me and says, hey, there's somebody here at the church who wants to see the pastor. I walk out and there he is. That's Sapona Road. He's done went from Rayford to Cumberland Mills. He's on Sapona Road now. He's got a stack of papers. He's wearing a mask. I don't know if he had been sick or if it was for COVID. And uh, he sees me. And I can tell by the way he's looking at me. Next thing, so get this. You know how not intimidating looking I am? He asked for 6'3 Jonathan and 6'5 Justin to come in the room too because he did not want to go in there by himself with me. <laughs> so he gets the two biggest guys in the church to come in there with us, which I like that. It made me even more bold. They weren't going to let him jump on me, I hope. 
So he starts this story about his kidney. Believe it or not, this guy was having kidney problems. I know you would have never thought that. But you, and another thing, they had put a stent in his kidney. I don't know if it was the same one from seven years ago or if it was or five years ago or if, if they had put another stent in his kidney. I don't know how that, how that works. But he told me this whole story. And he said, there, I've been, I had so-and-so pastor give me some money and put me up in a hotel and they're kicking me out today. I got to be out and I need this and I need that. Well, a lot's changed over a few years. So instead of asking him, I pulled out the paper. I put it on the desk. I said, we're going to need you to fill this paper out. It has some basic information, your name, your phone number, what church do you attend, uh, all this other stuff. And I said, if you'll fill this paper out, you guessed it, we'll bring it before the board. If they want to help you, we can get back to you. How long is that going to take? It still takes a week to two weeks. And uh, he said, starts with that. So finally I said, listen, you know I know who you are, and I know you know who I am. You've done all this before, and you're coming in here, oh, I need money, I need it now. I said, it's not happening. You're not getting any money from anybody here. So you can either fill out this paper or basically have a nice day. And he says, well, it's going to take two weeks. I'll get my check in two weeks. I need the money today. He said, I said, well, you can't get any money today. I said, we don't just write checks around here or hand out cash. You can either fill out the paper or not. He said, well, he said, what sense does that make? Why would I fill out that paper? I still don't have any. I don't even know this guy's last name yet. He hasn't given me anything else in all these times we've interacted. He said, if I'm going to have my own money in two weeks, why would I fill that paper out? I need it now. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Why would you wait until you're about to get kicked out of your hotel before you came here for help? What? I said, well, if you, know, you, you knew your check won't coming in until two weeks from now from what you're telling me because you get your check once a month that you're telling me is coming in. So you knew two weeks ago you weren't going to have your check today. Why didn't you come two weeks ago? Why didn't you come last month? Why did you wait until you're completely out of money and about to get kicked out of your hotel before you'd ask somebody for help? Well, can I have a bottle of water? <laughs> well... <laughs> We gave him a bottle of water. You can ask Jonathan. As soon as he walked out, he said, well, at least I could tell everybody y'all gave me something. I had heard it before. So I said, yep, that's right. I was, I was a little rough with him. The only thing, he wanted a ride somewhere. He said, well, can y'all give me a ride? I said, no. He said, you won't give me a ride? I said, no. I said, because everybody has already left that would have been able to give you a ride. Everybody else in this building has either their wife or their children with them, and that's more important than you getting a ride. You got you had to find your own way. He was pretty upset, but uh, I had Jonathan and Justin in the room. So what was he going to say? <laughs> but spiritually speaking, we do the same thing with God. We wait until everything has just gone horrible, or is it horribly? Whichever it is, horribly. <laughs> And we don't know, oh, I need it today, God. And God's, the, God's probably sitting there thinking, you've been saved 20 years. You've had that Bible the whole 20 years. And it looks like you got it yesterday. <laughs> oh, why are you waiting? Why haven't you been planting seed the whole time? Why are you, you didn't think you were ever going to have a bad day? You didn't think you were ever going to get sick, that you were ever going to be short of funds one month. You didn't think that anything bad was going to happen. I told you that you were going to have trials. I told you you were going to have tribulations, but you haven't planted a single seed. 
And now that you need a harvest, you want me to do this. And thank goodness he's so merciful, he overlooks our ignorance and he does it time and time again. But sooner or later, we've got to wake up and understand that he's given us all, the, all that we, we need to do it. See, the Word of God not only has every answer, but it has a seed for every need. Anything you're facing. See, are we planting those seeds in our lives, or are we just waiting on a harvest like a bunch of crazy farmers? You're going to have a lot now, see, because New Year's is about to be here. And you know what people are going to be saying? This is going to be the best year yet. The best is yet to come. I agree with that. But spiritually speaking, if you haven't planted all, any seed all of 2023, I'm not so sure that that's going to happen the way you're saying it's going to happen. I don't know that you're going to have your best year yet if you haven't planted any seed. How are you going to have a bigger harvest in 24 than you had in 23 and you planted the same thing you planted in 22? Nothing. Sooner or later, we got to start using a little bit of common sense and just be honest with ourselves and say, something's got to change. I want to see better. I want to see bigger. I want to see more amazing, more miraculous and all these things. But what have I been planning for? I've been talking for weeks of what we believe and what we expect. And we need to be expecting big things and we need to have the right belief systems. But we have to start planning for it, planning and planning for it, I guess. It makes a difference. See, are we planting those seeds? Or are we just talking nonsense about what we're expecting? And so I'm going to give you some scriptures this morning. So if you, you can just write down where they're at if you want to um, look at them later. And I'm going to read these from the ESV. And so maybe you're believing for healing. Or maybe you need to be believing for healing. 1 Peter 2.24 he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Luke 10 verse 9. Heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Maybe it's deliverance. Psalms 34, 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Psalms 32 verse 7. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Maybe it's miracles. John 14, verse 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Jeremiah 32, 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Maybe you're believing for gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, very important, powerful verse. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I want to stop and give you one plug here on this, and I may talk about this again sometime when we're uh, talking on spiritual gifts. 
A lot of people mess up when they start going after spiritual gifts because of those first two words they leave out of this verse. Pursue love. If we're pursuing love, we, desire, we don't pursue the gifts. We desire the gifts. We pursue love. As we pursue love while desiring the gifts, the gifts are going to manifest themselves because as we pursue love, we're going to have a love for each other. And that's what the gifts are always for you to bless someone else. But we have a lot of people that they're pursuing the gifts. And I guess it depends. I know it's a play on words that I, I probably talk about pursuing the gifts too. But, but we need to make sure that we always have love as our, as our motivation when we're going after these things. Maybe you're believing for breakthrough. John 8, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in Him, If you abide in My word, you are truly My disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Isaiah 43, verse 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Maybe you need breakthrough in your finances. You need to start believing God for prosperity. Deuteronomy 8.18 You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power, power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. For salvation, <coughs> Ephesians 2 verse 8 For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Titus 3 verse 5 He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Romans 10, verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Protection. Psalms 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, and whom I will trust. For He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is, formed, that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. This is one of my favorites. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Provision. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now many of those scriptures, probably you knew them or they sounded familiar, maybe. But have we been planting those seeds in our, in our lives?
in the fields of our lives. See, if we don't study the Word of God and we don't know what it says, then we shouldn't be surprised and we shouldn't act confused when we don't get results. It's just a fact. It's just the way that, the way that it is. And see, many people have been told over and over, you need to have faith, keep praying, keep believing, stay positive. Those are all amazing words of encouragement. We need to be telling people that. But the problem is no one's ever given them a seed. No one's ever told them where to find it in the Word of God, where to put their faith, where to believe, how to pray their prayers. God's Word is like a seed, and we must plant that seed if we want to see a crop. That's how it works for all of us. It doesn't matter. When you see things going on in other people's lives and you don't know, hey, why is this happening for them and not for me? It could be what they're planning in their life. We all are in different places and different circumstances today, but we all still have the same responsibility as believers. If we truly believe that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, like the scripture I just read, if we truly believe that, wouldn't we be pursuing that relationship with Him? Why wouldn't we be in the Word? Why wouldn't we trust what He says? Again, I, I say it almost every time I talk about this uh, passage of Scripture. He says, if you can't get this parable, you won't get any of them. Now, you can take that in all kind of different directions, which I have before about that. But the, the, the simplest one you can be, if you can't get a parable about the, the power of the seed of the Word of God, how are you going to understand all these other things that people are going after? running all over the country and all over the internet trying to find this, this power and that power and you can't understand the simplicity of the seed of the Word of God and the importance it has in your life when you plant it. Again, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody because I, I don't know. My hair might be wet this morning spiritually from just this week. I can't even think of maybe what this week, what did I pray or, or believe God for and that I wasn't actually standing on a seed from the Word. I was just... I was just spitting in the wind or beating the air, whatever however you want to you put it. We all have those moments. And that's why instead of always being worried about what everybody else thinks, we need to start being honest with ourselves so that we can make real change and see real results. I do believe that 2024 can be the most amazing year for every person in here. And I think that starts as we focus on what seed we're going to be planting for what we're expecting, what we're believing God for, and what we see going on going on around us in this crazy world right now. Father, we just thank You. We thank You for Your Word, God. We thank You, God, that it's every answer is in Your Word and that there is a seed for every need that we'll ever face. God, we just repent right now for all those times that we thought everything else was more important. God, all those times that we were chasing dreams or chasing whatever it, it could be, uh, even if it was something involving church, God, and we neglected planting that seed in our lives. God, I, I wonder how many issues have we gone through when it would have been easily taken care of if we'd have kept planting the seed of your word all over the field. Lord, he, he scattered the seed everywhere, not just the areas he thought that he was good at, even the hard-packed areas, even the stony areas. Lord, let us just put it all over our lives so that we will, uh, we will experience a genuine harvest of your goodness, of your provision, of your protection, of your mercy, God, of your healing power, of your redemptive power, your salvation, God. Your, everything that we need, God, is found in your word. It's found in Jesus, God, and we just thank you for that today. Lord, I pray that we would just, as we 
uh, do get ready to go into a new year, God, that we would just have a new hunger for your word, a new desire, Lord, to dig out those truths, God, to see how it applies to everything that we face, God. And we thank you for every answer. We thank you for every seed that you've given us to plant. And we thank you for the harvest that we know will come as we're faithful to do what you've called us to do. God, I just pray that blessing over every person in this house today, God. Give us a new awareness, God, a new desire like never before. God, we give you all the honor and all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.